Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. And welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 135. Thank you so much to everyone in Portland who came out to see Matt, Joan, and I at the Aladdin Theater. I want to do sexual things to you uh, in, a, in a consensual way uh, because the show was amazing. I mean, so much fun, and I can't thank you enough. We've got some more coming up. Nerdist Podcast Live uh, November 6th. We're going to be at the 930 Club in D.C. And then November 8th at the Iron Horse in Northampton, Massachusetts. Details and tickets for those at Nerdist.com. Also, Nerdist Industries launching a bunch of new podcasts. Uh, Tom Wilson's Big Pop Fun. He talked about it on our show, and he's going to do the show with us here on the Nerdist. Also, Pete Holmes, You Made It Weird. That's coming up. And uh, also, The Mutant Season by Nine-Year-Old Gill. Just an awesome nerdy kid who loves uh, all things uh, comic books, games, uh, sci-fi. So that's going to be coming out soon as well. And I'd like to thank our continuing sponsor of the Nerdist Podcast, Hover.com. It's 3 a.m. You can't sleep. You've just thought of the term marshmallow nipples. And you wonder if someone owns that domain. What are you going to do about it? You go to Hover. It's all about making domain registration simple and easy. Over the years, domain registration sites, are they just get complicated. They try to sell you a bunch of other services, and, and Hover doesn't do that. They just want to get your domain registered. They have a no-hold policy for customer service calls Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern if you, if you get stuck and you need some help. When you call, you get a live person. not going to put you on hold. Set up email addresses, forward email addresses, redirect domains to other website addresses, create URL extensions, set privacy controls, whatever you want. And if you need a new domain, please use the offer code NERDIST and get 10% off by going to hover.com slash NERDIST. That's H-O-V-E-R dot com slash NERDIST. Thank you so much, Hover, for your continued support. And now, the NERDIST Podcast number 135 with Mr. T.J. Miller. Now entering NERDIST.com. How often do we record? Yeah. I don't know, a couple times a week, yeah. depending on everyone's availability. And how many times do you release the podcast? Twice. Twice a week? Twice a week. Twice a week we ejaculate podcasts into the womb of the internet <laughs> and, try to, any, and try to impregnate it with entertainment. Babies? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... No. Podcast babies. TJ Miller, had- we've already started recording. TJ Miller, now um, you seem to be wearing half a tuxedo. 
Yes. There is a tuxedo it shirt. Half on. is a strong. There's know, a tuxedo shirt. shirt on your body, and then on the back of your shirt is an undone clip-on bow tie. So what what did you just come from some sort of a millionaire's brunch? Or I got the I have tuxedo pants, but they're not hemmed at the bottom. <laughs> and I'm wearing boots. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, not a millionaire's brunch, but it was just you know, it, just a millionaire's coffee. You know? Okay, uh, okay. We didn't have any food. Why? Why are you? Ha- why are you sort of dressed? Because I just up? came from the Emmys. I've been wandering. It is eleven twelve in the morning. I've been on- wandering the streets of Los Angeles, sort of in a drug-induced haze, primarily herbal drugs. You know, <laughs> just kind of going. Where am I? Technically, what, what marijuana is an herbal night? drug. Why <laughs> didn't I? Why didn't I win an Emmy? Why wasn't I even nominated? It. Well, you know? you're not really on a show. Really. Certainly not. No. <laughs> That's, the first That's why problem. it's been so confusing all morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to the Emmys last night? I did. I went to the Emmys for the first time. I went as Morgan Murphy's date. She's oh, that's awesome. She's a comedian that we all know. I bought Morgan her first beer when she turned 20. Well, her first legal beer when she turned 21. That's that cool. was my That was my trashy distinction of knowing Morgan 10 years ago. Where was that? In Westwood, when we used to do this open mic together. Oh, at the Bruco? Or yeah, yeah, at the Bruco. Yeah, sure. At the Bruco. Um, yeah, so I went with her, and she lost. And then really the only other people that I knew there were all the people from Conan. What was she up for, Fallon? And they all lost. Yeah, she was yeah. up for Fallon. And my friend David Andrew, who I went to college with, was also a writer on Fallon who was nominated. Yeah. And then uh, all they those lost. Daily Show guys walked in. Yeah. And the, holding their Emmys. I did they, not see, I didn't really watch the Emmys last night. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't either. How do you feel that you're still a part of society? Yeah. I want to care about it, but I just don't. But did you hear about what happened the, with the guy? He said something crazy. And then something another happened, guy. And then the other thing happened. I saw. I saw like two moments. I really kind of wanted. I really wanted Louis C.K. to win. I really wanted Louis. I'm happy oh, for Jim. Too, yeah. I'm happy for Jim Parsons. But no, I, but why are you happy for Jim Parsons? He already has an Emmy, and I Steve know. Carell never won even one. He's a sweet guy, and I mean Steve. Yeah, Steve Carell. Why did they give Steve Carell an Emmy? Steve Carell deserves a fucking yeah. Emmy. He's been on the Office for seven years. He's yeah. hilarious, and he's like, and he won't get nominated again. No, never yeah. again. Not for yeah. no, because he's probably. Not, I mean, unless he does another TV show, he will. He probably they will. all come back. They all come back. They all come back. I mean, I guess. Father. Yeah. She'll be back. I really wanted to see. I really wanted to see Carell win or or Louis. Um, God damn it, Louis' show just fucking. Louis' show is the best. It gets under my skin, and it's such a. I mean, like not in a negative way, like in a fuck. You know, like it's it's so amazing to me how he's able to balance like fart jokes, and then this next minute, an insanely real. Moment that's played out so well. I really, I really enjoy what he's doing with that show. Yeah, he's doing a great job of sort of balancing comedy and and drama. Anything? Oh, the one moment that I did see on the Emmys was the incredibly uncomfortable moment with uh, Anna Paquin and uh, Scott Kahn, uh, yeah. where he he was like, "Man, eh, the Daily Show is going to win." There, both. First of all, neither one of them seemed like they wanted to be up on stage. Here's a tip: Scott Kahn just looked like he was the he just cared about nothing. Here's a, here's a tip: like if, you're, if you're if you're on stage at the Emmys, it, it's you only have to be up there for forty five seconds. At least okay, pretend yeah, like yeah. you give a shit that you get to Jesus, be up there, or yeah, or give it to someone else who yeah. wants to present at the <laughs> Emmys, not like the shortest guy with the tallest if hair. So, if someone says Did to you, he win an award, <laughs> was that the deal? They were yeah. like, whoever is the shortest but whose hair exceeds the height of their head and neck. 
No, 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 no. You don't understand. They actually they're using his hair for the opening credit sequence for the the rolling wave on Hawaii Five O. That's why they have to. <laughs> if someone asks you, hey, do you want to present a word for the Emmys? And even some part of you is like, not really. Don't do it. Yeah. But then you don't get the free gift basket. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. How how was it? How did Jane Lynch do? Was she great? She was great. She's she seems amazing. Great. And then uh, you know some of the other presenters were really funny. The funniest moment was all the uh, when they announced you know the category best female you know lead actress in a comedy series. Um, they called Amy. They were announcing the nominees, and they, they said Amy Poehler. And she went, oh, oh, and ran up on stage. <laughs> and then they were like, Melissa McCarthy. And she's like, oh, oh, and she ran up on stage. So every single nominee ran up on stage. And then they all stood together and held hands. Oh, that's really and funny. And uh, I forget who the guy was. Maybe it's John Hamm, who was, is, is pretty funny, too. They said, uh, you know, all right, girls, you're all, it's an honor to be nominated. We know whoever wins this will bring it. You know the best to their title of, you know. It says they made it into a beauty pageant, right, right, thing. right. Yeah, and it was just so funny because when Amy did it, no one knew they couldn't. They were like, "Oh, Polar is being," and then everybody did it, including Laura Linney and Edie Falco. Just all these girls got up and did a great job pretending that they had won, and then they got. Wait, a, is Nurse Jackie supposed to be funny? She, yeah, I think it is a comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's considered a comedy. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a comedy like House is a comedy. It's a dramedy, so it's comedy. not. Yeah. Um, but, but they remember, all got on stage. Remember a couple years ago, that's uh, when uh, Sarah Silverman was. I'm just gonna say that yeah, the, and, they all had the mustaches. But every on, every but, one of them were supposed to do that. But like like only three of them did, right? Yeah, yeah. And and then I think it was like, oh, well, how come you guys, you know? And it's I guess like a couple people from Desperate Housewives didn't do it. And well, that's weird. The worst. Yeah, I love. It was really funny when. Um, when uh, when the Daily Show won, and then it cut back to Fallon, and he was doing the. <sighs> He did this yeah. face on on camera that was uh that He was did funny. a great one. Somebody else's wife kept rolling her eyes. For whatever reason, they'd cut to his wife, and he'd say something, and she'd go like this. She'd just be like, ugh, kind of rolling her <laughs> eyes, like showing you guys something on podcast. <laughs> We're like this kind of, <laughs> You can imagine. TJ, uh, Mil- TJ Miller rolls eyes. Theater of the mind, TJ, theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. And uh, so that was pretty funny. And then Charlie Sheen... Did this weird sort of enough apology? <laughs> That's all you have to say. Yeah, just did this weird thing. Uh, no, he sort of apologized. Not apologized. But he said he he wished two and a half men all the best. Yeah, and for the many more years of television they're going to make. And everybody's kind of waiting for him to make a joke, and he didn't. And then he he sort of announced the uh, Jim Parsons and so the weird thing was that he didn't do anything that weird. That was the weird thing yeah. was that he was sincere. <laughs> Man, and honest, but it just it didn't come off. You can't once you've been that insane. I guess this is the work that he has to do now, trying to like acclimate himself. Not because you either die, yeah, or you do what he's doing now. Yeah, and I think I, I, I think in his this. I think in his mind he's like, well, I did the roast, and people see that I'm not taking it seriously. But it just went slightly too far for it to not feel where it's it's almost like when if 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 someone. If someone took a shit on your cake at your birthday party, yeah. they might think it's really funny. But every time you see me, you're like, I don't know. That was like two degrees too far. It's well, just slightly two, two, two degrees. Yeah, I like two, two degrees. Yeah. <laughs> two, like, number two, two degrees. Take it five degrees when you, you yeah. kill someone by fucking them yeah. in my family. Um, <laughs> oh, well, fuck murder? The red frosting you know, on the cake murder. was your mother's period blood. That was five degrees. It was five degrees. Five degrees. Yes. 
<laughs> I, like, I like a game of Clue where fuck murder ends up being <laughs> Colonel Mustard <laughs> fuck murdered in with the foyer. The candlestick. Yeah. It's still all the same. It's still all the same stuff. Like even the noose can be sexual for auto erotic asphyxiation. That's true. Oh my god! Why don't we make sexy clue? Sexy Sexy clue. clue. We need to make sexy clue. I want to be a part of that. (laughs) I just have some fraction of royalties that can be point oh one percent. Point oh one. Point oh one. Oh 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 one. Here's your check. Three. Yes. Yes. Um, So, but here's so this so so the Emmy's fine. It's interesting. At one point, we had to leave because Andy Richter's wife was like, "Let's get a drink." And that just seemed like such a more interesting ending of the yeah. Emmys. So I went there, and uh, and you know you get to meet Conan, and and Jonah and I were at the Comedy Central party. I don't fun. think you did. You go to any of the parties? I, I went. And I performed in Philadelphia. Okay, and so uh, I would back. have gone to the. Thanks. I, I went on Friday, did a show Saturday night in Ewing, New Jersey, which was super fun. Yeah, and then uh, and then I came back yesterday. It was one of those like. One and a half days, and so I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, go to it's anything. a lot to push everything together like that. I just did three colleges in four days recently, and that's. Geez. Do you like doing colleges? I do. I do, but I actually I had this conversation with Nick Vaderot, who I tour with. Colleges, when you're in college and just post college, when you start doing stand up, you think colleges, yeah. man, that's the deal. Go and perform for young people, you know, hip young kids. You can they're do not that material. No. They're not. They're, they're all uncool. idiots. Yeah, they're they're really so dumb. dumb. They're not they're, all dumb. I think it's no, just no, no, that, but it's not, it's not but, their fault. I mean, we're, not, we're, not, we're not judging them as people. No. Some of them are 17, 18, 19 year old kids because there's a lot of freshmen that are there. And I just, my biggest thing with colleges now I've realized is they're very touchy. If <laughs> Super I say, touchy. If yeah. I say anything and I'm not dirty, so I'm not out there going you ever murder fuck a family member of Chris Hardwick's? You know, that's not a, <laughs> Oh, are you I playing sexy clue? Joke. Yeah. <laughs> I've done with those jokes. But I, I I find that I'll go up and I'll just talk about people or experiences that I've had or describe if you even describe the ethnicity of a person or anything like that, they, they go get that, very ooh. Yeah. And you're like, you're not old enough. You, they haven't had enough. They're very shel- a lot of times they're very sheltered and they haven't had enough experiences. They haven't been beaten up by life enough yet yeah. to yeah. be like, oh, you can laugh at something. You, like, you don't have to. And I think that's what's tough is the cynicism, which you need a little bit of, but even just the experience isn't there. And yeah. so I have a tough time with some material relating to them because they get, and then I get frustrated with them. And I, never, I don't talk down to them, but it is, it's difficult. You're. You know, you're you're a guy who's like ten years older than they are, trying to tell them something that is very funny and works nationwide in clubs. But it's just out of, where people are over twenty one. It's 21. just out of the depth of their experience, and so they don't understand. But yeah. I will say, um, I just performed at the College of New Jersey. I did a show with Bo Burnham, and the uh, he's great. That 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 school was phenomenal. I find the schools that I tend to do better at are more are, are where there are higher concentrations of nerds, whether they like be liberal like liberal arts colleges. <laughs> well, yeah. like like engineering schools or sciencey right. schools or you know, it's interesting because I was at Cornell and Nick and I were talking about how those kids, when you make fun of people, just in general in in the world, those kids grew up kind of nerds in high school, so they're more likely. This is all Nick. He said they're more likely to identify with the people being ridiculed than identify with you in taking part in ridiculing other people. Yeah, but, you know, because if you're at Cornell, that means you studied the whole time you're in high school, and you probably did a bunch of activities, and you weren't considered necessarily the coolest person in your high school. So it's it's a weird thing. I think I do better at schools that are kind of in the middle, not dumb, you know, not not huge dumb state schools, 
But I, I do well. I do maybe this is some similarity. I do well in upstate New York and Hamilton. Oh, not, I'm not performing Cornell. in Hamilton next, Hamilton's next weekend. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, great school. A Mohawk Community College in upstate New York. A lot of East Coast schools anywhere in Philly that isn't like you know Tufts or something like that. Yeah. So I do well in East Coast schools, and I do well in the Midwest a lot too. Because in the Midwest, you can find pockets of real smart kids. Well, yeah, like I who the, also drink all the time. The University <laughs> of Arkansas in Fayetteville, yeah, great concentration of nerds. Tennessee Tech, I like. You know, and but sometimes, you know, I have been to a couple schools where you know they don't not not the most academic schools, and then sometimes what I find are like kids in the audience with fucking sideways caps yeah. that are too. They don't even, they're just too fucking cool to try to relate to anything you're saying. And you're not, it's, you can't, to you, to them, you're basically an adult, like yeah. a teacher lecturing them. And so they just don't respect and, it and, sometimes. And, and, and yeah, and if you, if anything that you're saying, right, isn't what they expected, I find that college kids are quicker. Plus in college, just, they're and, all like hyper politically correct, like hyper aware of, of, you know. Do you need some water? Yeah, yeah. Can, can you grab some water some out of the G4 makeup room? Yeah, can you uh, give me your card? So sorry. That's okay. So, Wait, I should have offered you some earlier. That no, was my sorry, fault for sorry. being a poor host. But uh, yeah, I think. Do you want mine, Jonah? They, yeah, they yeah. sometimes, sometimes the, the way that they react to. Here, just use my. It's, it's in there. You can just the use that. The way they react to um, anything that isn't what they expected is to sort of. Often the shows are free, as you know. Yeah. And so they they haven't paid any money to be there. It just you know what it is. I I've been saying lately that I like to do comedy for adults because <laughs> I like when somebody has to pay to be there and they made the money to be able to come to the show and that levels the I mean, playing field yeah. more. When that audience turns on me, I do feel like I'm not. There's a job that I'm trying to do and it's not. When people are walking out or yelling stuff because they didn't pay to go into the show and they, they weren't able, they don't have a fake ID, so they can't go to a bar, so this is their only option, yeah. I, I really can just do the best I can. And if you don't like it, then just go outside. Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> I, I do think, and it's the same sort of philosophy with rooms that are papered, like comedy clubs yeah, that are papered totally, with totally, like free totally. ticket nights. It's like, worst idea. People you know. aren't invested if they haven't but what was awesome about the college of new jersey is i think tickets were five bucks yes and which, cornell too which, which to a college good, kid yes. like five bucks is a lot of money you know like that's a meal and so it's and the they, right and, they, and they came and they were fucking great and i have had i i've had some amazing college shows and then when Furman and i used to tour, when we first started touring yeah. years ago yeah it's the kind of thing where you show up and they go uh Oh yeah, there's no one really here. There's a movie playing on campus. We just started handing out flyers at six. You know, like it all. It so many awful. things have to go right for the college. They have to promote it, and it's all up to students. But uh, I, I like you it. Are. I, mean, I like you're, it. You're now you're 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 a draw, and people know who you are and they're familiar with your comedy. My other problem is I still thanks, Jay Ray. My my um, thank you, Jonah. Oh. The uh, the my 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 only the only knowledge that the public has of me is is from. Uh, from films primarily, which is amazing. I've seen my standup, but I, my standup special comes out in November, and I, uh, I also stupidly this this hasn't affected me yet, but it, it is going to for the next month or two. I released a fake music album, like a, just a ridiculous <laughs> forty tracks, right? Forty one track which debut album, the you, extended play EP on Comedy Central Records. You sent me the link to it, and then the link. The link code expired. expired. Right? I'll give you the new one. So give me a new one so I can listen to it. But it it's is crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah. It's a, for real. It's crazy. Thank you for even now, listening. To oh, the you know, I checked it out. It. TJ, um, how much? How much are you really? 
Because I feel like some of the energy that you put into the world is that you're an eccentric guy. And do you feel like you are or do you feel like, do you feel like, no, I'm just me and this is the shit that I like to do? Because you, you make, I think you make some of the most interesting choices for, you really seem to do, like you, I, you did the Yogi Bear movie and then I think in your, and then you, you did it because you thought it would be funny to do it, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, but you really job. did. Like, I, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that is. But that, that's what you, that's what I heard you say. Yeah. You're like, oh, I thought it'd be really funny to, to do it. I mean, that whole thing was, um, it was a weird, it's, it's weird. I always love the, uh, I, I love the internet. I think the internet is so weird because they, um, you know, I, I did this, they asked me to audition for Yogi Bear. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell this story and then I'll, uh. I'll explain the um, the impetus behind doing the film, but I, I, I they asked me to, to audition, and I I just thought it was so ridiculous because I wasn't doing anything. I was in How to Train Your Dragon, and I'd done Gulliver's Travels, but I, Yogi Bear just when that came. Now it's a real thing, but when you're just talking about the idea of it in Hollywood, it's laughable. <laughs> if you really think about it, because when your agent calls you and goes, so they're doing Yogi Bear 3D, you're like, why? What? <laughs> what do you mean? In what world? You know, the world now where Hollywood remakes cartoons from the 1960s about talking bears. And I'm like, but do any kids know what that is? Sure. It's on Boomerang. It's on Nickelodeon sort of TV land. I love TV. Boomerang, but I don't know if little kids watch Boomerang. No, I think my nephews knew who Yogi Bear was, but I, so they said, and they said, it's the casting director, Allison Jones, who does The Office, and mm-hmm. uh, she's casting me a bunch of things. So they say, it really, she'd love you to come in. The script's actually pretty funny. So I read the sides. They were really funny, actually. So I went in to audition just as a joke because there's, I, I, I couldn't, there's no skin off my back teeth, you know, however that goes do you brush uh, your back teeth well i have a lot of skin on them oh, okay yeah. but there's not you know i don't like to take a lot of it off work it. So, anyway, work it. so i got in and um and uh, i bought my own rangers hat because <laughs> i do like i think because because see i think it's it's less i'm eccentric and this is the way i'm at it. i think I, I i really do comedy because i love it i love things that are funny i love doing funny things i love never taking anything seriously and i don't i really do not i take there are very few things I take truly, very, you know, seriously. Most of all, myself. I really think I'm the most ridiculous thing in the world. But I, so I bought a ranger's hat and I go in and I, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a real ranger's hat from a costume shop, but it's like, it's like a Mountie hat. It doesn't look fake. You know, it looks like a real ranger's hat. So I walk in, it's Donald DeLine. He produced Traffic and Green Lantern and all this stuff. He's this huge producer in Hollywood. And uh, it's the director, this guy, Eric Brevig, who did all of Michael Bay's special effects stuff. So it's these giant people involved in Yogi Bear 3D. And I walk in, and I've got my, you know, and they've been seeing people all day. And you see the weirdest Elijah Wood's name is on the cast sheet and all this stuff. So I get in, and I come in, and I go, hi, how are you? How is everybody? And they're like, hey, TJ. I go, if we could just, before we get into any of this, I just want you to know I did buy my own Rangers hat. <laughs> And I would like to wear it for the audition. If you think that that gives me an unfair advantage over the other people who were not, who, who didn't have the opportunity to bring in a Rangers hat, then then I would like. I, I honestly, I would. Uh, I, I'm happy. I don't need to wear it. But before you make a decision, please before any please before anybody talks, no one's talking or anything. Please just if just please please. 
Before you make a decision as to whether or not I can use the hat in the audition, let me just say it is a costume piece that is non-returnable, and it was nineteen ninety-nine, <laughs> not I the would, year. I would never have the balls to do and, that. In uh, and so they, you know, they all kind of laugh, and they're like, "Yeah, you, you can use the the hat." So then I go and they tape you, and you know, they say, you know, say your name and slate, as you know, yeah. guys. And uh, my joke is, I always go, "T.J. Miller." Um, and I'm six foot three, but when I act, I crouch a little bit. So I act at six foot two, six foot one or two, depending on the scene. And then, and then I, before we would start the audition, I go, what's my headroom like on the hat? And, and these poor kid, you know, the, the kid that's running the camera is the scaredest. He's in these assistant intern of the casting director. He's around these famous people who are the producers. I mean, and you know, he sees all the, he's not supposed to talk to the actors and the, the casting director is like, don't talk to the producers. So he's so nervous. He's around like, the most, the, yeah, the biggest, like, excuse me. How much room do I have for, for nearly? Cause I'm doing a lot of hat stuff. I'm taking my hat off. I got a bit where I sort of go, whoa, and kind of sort of wiggle the hat up. Um, how much, what do I have on the hat? And this kid's like, I mean, it, it, yeah, it covers that. I, but I really do need about a, an inch or two of negative space above the hat. Can you make that happen for me? And the kid's like, sure. And you know, they're all laughing, but they kind of don't know what to do. So then I do the, the audition and it was it was very funny. I mean, it's, if the script is even remotely funny and and they let me improvise, I can do some fun stuff sometimes. And this was particularly funny. So then it, I got wind that they were really considering casting me in the film, and uh, and so then I was at lunch with some some representative weirdos and somebody said I forget it might have been me, but I think it might have been my my agent Doug. He goes, you know, it'd be funny is if you sent them a tape of you and a real bear. Because we were talking about sending in other weird tapes. Like I wanted to send in one where I had a different Rangers hat. And I was like, I, I need to show you, I need to show you other things that I do with different hats. And so this guy goes, you should do it with a real bear. And I immediately was like, find me a bear within the next two days and we'll send it to them before they make the final decision. So then my agents were like, wait, what do you? For reals? And I'm like, yeah, find a bear. Because it's Hollywood. If they can't find a bear, and yeah. sure enough, two days later, these poor assistants who they their found job some is out just of work to, bear at the Starlight they found, a, they found a bear at the Hollywood Animal Ranch, and I got a discount rate to go and do it at the ranch. Wow. And so I filmed the actual audition with a live 600 pound grizzly bear. It's on YouTube. You can Great see it. Idea. And it's so funny. And it's uh, it was great. And we sent it to them, and they. You know, we sent it. I want to send a DVD, but we couldn't get it ready. And they were going into the casting meeting and made a decision. So we sent the link. And I guess they had already decided that they were going to offer me the role. But we sent the link and it went all the way. They passed it around. And Alan Horn, the like president CEO of Warner Brothers, even he saw it. And I guess he never laughs at anything. And he didn't laugh at this, but he did. He said, <laughs> he said out loud, he said, this is very funny. We should hire this guy. And so that's, so then they offer me the movie and, um, you know, I just, in my mind, I was like, what is the, this is the first thing I thought, what is the funniest ending, um, to, to this whole story? You know, what would be the best, what's the, what's the best end of the story? And it is to be in the movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think the funniest thing after that audition tape, because the audition tape kind of got everywhere, and then online people were like, oh, that's all you have to do to make it in Hollywood is hire a bear? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Hollywood, assholes. That's all you got to yeah, do. Yeah, because for sure, right? That's exactly That's it. That's all you got to do. I'm here to tell you. If you want to make it in Hollywood, rent a bear. Well, I don't you know why. Anyone else yeah. could have hired yeah. a bear. Why don't Everybody, they Yeah, you're yeah. at home in Ohio and you're angry. All this time you're online. wasting on this comment thread, you could be hiring a bear. Make the money to hire the bear that to make it in That is smarter than your Hollywood. average bear. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Most bears wouldn't know it to hire a bear. Yeah, <laughs> so, there were not, there were there were a strange number of maulings after T.J. Yeah, Miller's audition. Exactly, everybody. amateur comedians across the country are dying they're, trying you know, to make they're it. They're going just into the forest. Yeah, yeah. I should say a trained bear. Rent a trained bear. <laughs> Don't get one from a guy. Yeah, that the, the, the Grizzly door. Man story. That guy was actually auditioning he for was. the Snagglepuss yeah. movie, <laughs> and he hired a bear to try to. He was suffering. <laughs> I, so I, I, you know, I, I, so I did the movie. And uh, it ended up being, you know, one of the, this is a much longer conversation, but one of the problems is that I, I sort of let comedy bleed into my real life and vice versa, um, you know, because it, it makes me laugh and I like it and the whole, you know, it's, it's, it makes life more fun for me. Like in Chicago, as soon as I got a, um, this was years ago, as soon as I got my first commercial, I, I, I had a Ford Focus. And I put rims on it and neon underbody purple lighting kit <laughs> and like blacked it out and everything. But I did, I never, I didn't make it look ridiculous. I like the idea that I was driving around a car that people were like, why did he do that? You like the line blurred between is it? Yeah, is it real? Is that a real thing that a person is doing or is, are they joking? And not like, what if I, what if I put rims on my Ford Focus? Like I genuinely did it because when I walked up to my car every time, I would laugh a little bit because I'd be like, <laughs> why, did, "Why did I do this?" <laughs> do, do you ever? And I guess I guess it really shouldn't matter what anyone else thinks. But do you? But do you worry when you ride that line? Some people are going to go, uh, "TJ's really funny," and other people go, "That guy's a douchebag." For why sure, would you do that. No, it already so happens. How do, you, how do you? Well, I think it, you know it's, it. It already it already happens. That's why I sort of have I do this. I do movies like Yogi Bear and How to Train Your Dragon because I sincerely do love the film Yogi Bear. And part of the the joke of doing the film was what I do now, which is that if I meet someone on the street and they're like, "Hey, hey, I know you. You're you're the guy from the from the movie. You're T.J. Miller, right?" And I go, "Yeah." And they go, "Do you uh, what, what's the name of the movie? What is the movie?" Because she's out of my league. It's such a difficult or Cloverfield name too. to remember. But Cloverfield, I, I no one saw me on screen, so they don't, no one recognizes me on the street from Cloverfield unless they're a fan of me or the movie Big Time. Okay, but. People will say, well, what's the movie? And I always say, is it Yogi Bear 3D? And they'll say, no, 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 I don't think that's it. And I was like, I think it probably was. <laughs> and then if they say, I haven't seen Yogi Bear 3D, I go, then I don't know why we're still talking. <laughs> so the idea is that you can kind of take those things and then it becomes having been in that movie for reals gives me a lifetime's worth of funny kind of references and, and, and I have a different context to sort of play within, but yeah, I, I released this music album and it's 41 tracks and it's sort of hip hop, pop and folk satire and it's all comedic. And, you know, part of the joke of course is that it's 41 tracks. Some of the tracks are just a, a word, a single word. They're four seconds long. And I released this thing and I totally, I knew this, but I didn't understand what would happen. And that's that I don't have any stand up out there, really. I have, I did live at Gotham. I had my, the same problem. Our special, yeah. And don't I, I was you think of yourself, you about this, don't, don't you think of yourself as a comic first? Of course. Yeah. And so when, when, when people find out, you know, like, 
I had that exact same fucking problem. And I was going to ask you about it because what happened was my hour special is coming out November 11th, and I'm very proud of it. It's going to be on Comedy Central, and then people will be able to then see clips of my stand-up online, all kinds of clips, and they'll be able to see the special and download the DVD and pirate and whatever, but I don't have that out yet. And so I released this album on Comedy Central Records, and lots of people are like, oh, it's his first stand-up CD. That's what I thought it was going to And be. it says the extended play EP, which is sort of a jokey name, but it doesn't imply music necessarily. And, you know, in comedy albums, you can be anything on the front, so the cover doesn't tell you anything. So then people started listening to it, and they're like, okay, that's weird. He's put some music on here. <laughs> and they're like, okay, this, now we're 15 tracks in to an album that should really only be 12 or 13 <laughs> tracks, and there's been no stand-up. Then you're at track 27, and you're like, this isn't stand-up at all, is it? And then by track 36, you're like, why? What did he do? Why did he do this? <laughs> So I've had some people online, you know, you say, this is the dumbest thing ever. I thought it was your stand-up. I want my money back. It's so stupid. Other reviewers are like, I don't get it. 41 tracks. Doesn't he know how to edit? He doesn't leave anything on the cutting room floor. And I was wow. like, that's a little bit. The point is that everybody's releasing singles as soon as they can make them. And they, you know, it's like vol it's quantity over quality right now because the internet, all these young musicians are just releasing. Mac Miller has never sold anything, but he's just, he's made a thousand songs. But does it work? <clears throat> does it work for you? If people don't get the joke, do you still like, do you like that part of it? Do you like those I, comments? I think I, my policy always is I would rather people hate and love something that I do, you know, alternatively, depending on who the person is and what the project is, then people be like, that was okay. Yeah. Always. And I think it's funny. I, I read IMDb comments about myself that people are like, he's the worst. He ruined Cloverfield. He's such an idiot. He's so obnoxious. He's like John Heater, but not funny. You know, just all that kind of stuff. And I think that's so funny. It's so weird to me that a person. Sorry, that, that phone's ringing. No, it's okay. We can't. That's it's not our. Your, we can't that's when calls them. start coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He we, is the worst. We've never this even gotten calls. Yeah, this is even they? Yeah, People no, just I'm get a whiff to say of that me TJ being. TJ Miller is the worst. <laughs> People get a whiff of me. Is this the bear? Yeah, yeah. Or is it the Cloverfield monster? I have a. I have, <laughs> I have a, I have a saying about that sort of encapsulates exactly what your, what what that concept is, which is, and I don't know if I don't know if I believe this for myself because I'm a little sensitive sometimes, but <clears throat> sometimes I feel like it's better to, and I think this is what you're saying, it's better to be polarizing than neutralizing. For sure, that's a great idea. That's a that's that's just a smarter sounding. Perfectly coined <laughs> phrase that's, of that, what that, I'm that, trying. That, that, what my, I was fumbling. That's through. my like, Johnny oh, Cochran approach. It's I better think, to be polarizing yeah, yeah. than neutralizing. It's got a rhyme. It's got a rhyme. If you've got a rhyme, if you want to avoid doing jail time, ladies. <laughs> uh, too many syllables. Too many syllables. So I yes, <laughs> over syllables. Too many syllables. Um, but I so and, and that's not like a I'm a shock jock. Look at me. I'm an artist. I do my thing and fuck them if they don't love it. It's none of that. What it is is I'm not too concerned. If I I I, got, I had this idea where I wanted to release a couple of songs because I knew a very good music producer in Chicago worked at Second City and it produced another album of Nick Vatterotz that's great called K-Rock 90Q Point Buzz which is a fake 45 minute bootleg tape of a radio station that's like 
you know, just all station IDs and stuff. It was really well produced. So I said, would you make a couple songs? I have a couple funny ideas for songs. And there, you know, the songs in the album are like, there's one called Appleton, which is about how Appleton, Wisconsin is the best city in Wisconsin. There's a song about my eye surgeon in LA, Dr. Doherty. There's a, a song called Cloverfield Secrets, where I reveal five secrets that have never been revealed from Cloverfield. <laughs> There is a song called Popular Translations of Spanish Words, and it's just Spanish translations of a couple of different words. So it's just, it's totally, totally ridiculous. So but that the genesis of that was me wanting to do a couple of songs, and just ke- we kept getting better ideas, and he had, and then it became this thing, and that's the way I am with stand-up, and with most things I do, I just kind of let things, and I wanted to do it, I... I I released a music album that's 41 tracks because I thought it would be funny. Now, if and you, I was hoping that other people would think it was funny too. And some people really do. I and think, some people don't. I think more people would get that joke if you had a British accent. It's like weirdly, <laughs> that's, that's, that feels like a very British dry concept. I think it's one, I think it's fucking genius. Well, I, think I, it's I, a really I really appreciate it. Listening to the album, because, you know, and the other thing is for me, I love it when hipster kids or anybody comes up to me and says, why I, Why did you do Yogi Bear, you know? Or why were you in, you know, that movie? Just pick whatever movie that they hated that I did. And my thing is, I'm like, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm not, that's not for you. Yeah. Like, I, that's what I want to say. I'm like, why are you talking to me about this? <laughs> yeah. Like why you, why do, did you, you see it? You why have a you beard go? and a button-down short sleeve shirt and you have, you know, tight skinny jeans. Why do you have an opinion about Yogi Bear? Yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have anything to do with any of this. <laughs> and Jonah has a long sleeve shirt. I have a long sleeve shirt. That he on. pulled up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can't, we can't all look like accountants who just had their first couple yeah, beers. The other, the other day, someone online called me a hipster pussy, and I was telling Matt and Jonah, and Jonah just paused and goes, Hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're persecuted, but I think uh, you know. What, yeah, I, so they don't. We're not supposed to be. You don't. Why are you wasting time having an opinion about whether or not I should have done Yogi Bear? That movie's not for you. The movie's for children. This movie's for yeah. a group of black kids or, that came up to me in a fireworks parking lot in Myrtle Beach, and we're like, "You're Ranger Jones, right?" And then it, they couldn't believe it. Or these like, young kids who came in. This huge Hispanic family in San Francisco. I was watching a weird. I was so high, and I was watching a uh, like an electronic music group called the Brand Flakes. And this swarm oh, of young that. Mexican kids came up and were like, "Hey, are are you from Yogi Bear?" And then I said, "Yeah." And one kid was like, "I told you, I told you." And he started like getting in everyone's face. So basically, face. what we learned from this is that white kids don't like, don't like Yogi Bear, <laughs> or or they don't like me in it. Yeah. The only time white kids have come up, they've been like, "I thought it was a little pedestrian." Well, I, yeah, yeah. but I. Th- <laughs> I think uh audition tape was better. But what I love what I love is that uh because what you're doing is what a lot of comics do is sit around and go, Hey, wouldn't it be fucking crazy if we, you know, did this album of forty one tracks that was right? But then they don't you don't do it because it's yeah. like, ah, well, you know, that's a lot of work and I don't you, know if Because you lose thousands of dollars, which yeah. is what I did. No, but I but but I like the idea that you that you're true to who you are. Like that I think that's the important lesson is that you think something is funny and so you follow through with it. And I think that's I think that's the most important thing. And, and it even it's less about me. It's like I, I definitely think that's funny. But the, the album is supposed to be for whoever likes it. If you don't like it, then don't listen to it. Right. You know what I mean? Or or 
buy it and hate it and then fucking download one of my movies for free. Just don't be an asshole and talk. You know what I'm saying? Like Yogi Bear and How to Train Your Dragon are not for certain people. Just like I wouldn't tell my grandparents to watch She's Out of My League, but millions of people love that movie. So for me, it's more like I like to do a lot of different things so that I people certain people that I couldn't make laugh uh, with my stand-up love, you know, really, really love carpoolers and they love happy endings because they only watch TV. They don't like stand-up. Well, I just think you know? that people walk around with uh, tightly, like a tightly wound ball of anger inside them and people <laughs> people actively look for things to hate so that they can relieve that anger tension. Because yeah, nobody gets to fist fight anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people do. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, like the old of days of... Uh, like the movie Far and Away, where you'd have your bar fights and then go do your land grab. Right, you exactly. Win a bunch of horse for land. Yeah, That's how you, get you have it. to beat a horse. horse in that movie. Yeah. But uh, as far as what I took away. From but it. I do like that. Um, I do like that you're. I do like that you that you play around with everything equally. That's kind of fun to me. That hey, you want to make a movie because you think it's a silly idea, so you you do it, and you want to make a silly album, so you do it. Like, and I also don't understand. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that because I understand why people. I wish I had the balls to do stuff like that. I just go, oh no, I don't want that. I, I don't know think that ball, I... it's balls always. Sometimes it's just sheer stupidity. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. ultimate naivete. Well, your stand up though is uh, your stand up is is really fucking funny. Like, oh, we, we've done so a lot much. of we've done a lot yeah, of shows together. Yeah, you guys together. are both super funny too. And it's then real, uh, real talk, Jonah. Thanks. It's real talk. It's real, real talk. juice. Drink it up. That's my new hashtag. Instead <laughs> of real talk, real juice. Drink it up. But it's two different hashtags, or is that one hashtag? You could do either. But what? You, but, here's what you do. You say real juice, drink it up. If it's like that's it, that's all there is to it. Yeah. But if you say something and you kind of want to really hit it home, you go. You say what you said, and you said hashtag real juice, and then hashtag drink it up. What if you start it with hashtag? Real juice. And then you say what you're, what you're going to say and blow minds, and at the end of it, you go, "Drink it up." I mean, that sounds like a real juice sandwich. Now, <laughs> do you think at some point it's just going to be R J D I U, and people are going to know what that is? That's only if it catches on. Okay, <laughs> I doubt it will. Well, I think you just got to start doing it. I hope so. Real juice. Drink it up. This is this thing is too clunky not to catch on. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and it's replaced my last catchphrase, which was "Think about your own life." <laughs> now, how are you about, think about Joan going life. really well? Joan life. So think about jo- yeah. think about Joan Cusack's life. Yeah, it's short yeah, for right. "Think about Just Joan." Stop every once in a while. Think about your own. She was so life. great in yeah. Ghost Point Blank. Yeah, think yeah. about your so, own life. And in Sixteen Candles, she couldn't get the fountain because she had the the brace on. I enjoy her in Adam's Family Values. I enjoy her in pretty much everything. No, I'm true. a fucking huge guy. And she's also fan. John Cusack's sister. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like what, how we're all actually yeah. we're all actually thinking of Joan Cusack's life. Yeah. I oh, think how real. I think Joan Cusack. I think Joan Cusack is one of is one of those like. And I hope this isn't offensive to say this. Kind of uncelebrated, but one of the great. Comic actresses. Oh, yeah, she's, she's super she's funny. Ex Saturday Night she's Live great. cast member. Super funny. Oh, yeah, yeah she right. was on that yeah. weird season. The weird season with the Robert Downey Jr. Hall weird season. Yes! Oh, yeah. my yeah. God, that's Michael right. Hall Robert Downey Jr., her. Joan well, Cusack, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. I'm it was only that. for one year, right? Or two years? Yeah, it was one year. I Jim think. Belushi? Um, Randy Quaid. Yeah. Uh. No, um, Jim was on. Um, Jim. Jim wasn't was he on, on that year. He was, wasn't he, I don't know if carryover. He, was, he was he a carryover? Like because Jim was on with uh, with Billy Crystal and Martin Short. Yeah, and uh, but I think he was like the only. And ca- Mary that Gross year was like the only carryover. But that really was a solid season. I, I liked the Billy Crystal, Christopher Guest yeah. uh, years. You know, what's funny is like Michael Michael McKeon. He he went. He was a musical guest 
then a guest host, then a cast member. Oh. Oh. He was pulled into the family. Um, let, let, can let, I, can I real quick say, I, I keep texting uh, this girl that I'm dating, and I apologize, but I, I forgot to tell the ending of the Emmy story. You're so gay so, for her. At the Emmys, I am, I want to suck that dick. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a girl female dick. I don't think that's a girlfriend. That's yeah, a it is. That's she's got a real weird juice. inside that's dick. That's she's real, got a, She's got juice. these outside pussy nuts <laughs> that are fucking them. delicious. Yeah. Can't get enough of those outside pussy nuts. <laughs> That's real juice. Drink it up. Uh, really, like, desperately trying around after anything. Can I have a large uh, caramel latte? That's real juice. Drink it up. I'll hey, drink it also. Hey, man, my, uh, my, my, my dad, he's not doing to it. I don't think he's going to... Really? Make it. Real really? juice. Drink it up. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Or I thought you were going to be like, listen, uh, my dad's not doing so well. Oh, really? What's going on? It's just, it's pretty bad. It's real juice. So <laughs> just trying to drink it up. <laughs> my dad. Uh, sad guy you said you got to stop and just yeah. realize. My dad, um, he tried to drink up too much real juice. Oh, my God. And. Um, you know, Once it's in the system, you, know, you can't. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, shows, now he's just got all, the organs down all he has left to do now is just think about his own life. <laughs> think about Joan Cusack's yeah, life. Yeah. Tell him, think about Joan's life. Uh, um, so at the end of the night of the Emmys, so it's pretty fun. We went to you know uh, a couple after parties. Went back. I'm sort of so tired. I take off, and I have this image in my mind. You know, I, it's the first time I've ever been to the Emmys. So I get back. And this, you know, there's this very, you know, this wonderful, beautiful girl waiting for me who's on a lot of Ambien, you know. <laughs> so I take off my jacket. I'm in my tuxedo shirt, and I'm just like, "How you been? I was missing you all night." And I sort of lay down, and uh, and, and say hello to her, and she's like, "Hey, you know, how have you been? How's your night?" And I was like, "Really good." So I, as I lay down next to her in the bed, and I'm just kind of like, "Ah, it's been a long night of weird Hollywood life," you know. Her dog gets on the bed and vomits in my hair. <laughs> what the fuck? So I lie down next to her and I'm like, uh, and I, you know, you've been hurting. We've been standing. The Emmy start at 3 p.m. At this point, it's 3 a.m. So it's been 12 hours of stuff. And the moment I lay down for the first time, I've barely been sitting. The first time I really lay down. The dog gets on the bed, this like stupid fucking bald bulldog, <laughs> bald dog, and he goes over to my head and he vomited in my hair, chunks of dog vomit all over my hair. I'm like, I couldn't, what do you say? I was just like, what? What the, what? Why? Do you what? Feel, do you why? feel like, what and why? Do you feel like that was, what a, and why? That was a statement on his part that he felt you were going to Hollywood Fuck and he wanted to, I should have hit him hey, in the face. Yeah. TJ. Real juice. <laughs> drink it. He drank too much real juice up because he puked in my hair. And then I, I'm like, what, 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 what? So then I get up and I'm, I'm like headed to the shower. I'm like, what the fuck? Your dog just puked in my hair. <laughs> and this is what Charlotte says. This is all she says. She just goes, Ramon, God damn it. <laughs> what am I going to do with you? That's what she said. First of all, um, Ramon. Yeah, she calls the dog. The dog's name is Ramon. Ramon, and it's and and to say to a dog, "What am I going to do with you?" Put him down. You can, yeah, yeah. you can you reason can him with him. You can reason. You can't with him. reason with a dog. I just, I don't like that. There was no point where she was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." A dog <laughs> just puked in your hair. <laughs> at least, uh, and at your least hair have and the face. courtesy. At least have the courtesy to say, "Hey, 
I I've never seen or heard of this happening. Just a little yeah, bit of remorse. So I want to apologize. Right. Oh, what happened? Oh, my dog puked in another boyfriend's hair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just like it. it's just that blase. It. It's old yeah. hat. God, yeah. yeah, old hat. Maybe that yeah. means maybe that's his way of marking you as a keeper. Well, I I would say no to that. <laughs> uh, have you guys ever had a dog puke in your hair? No. no. And I, had I had pretty long hair. Bed. You had a dog pee on you in bed? Yeah, before I was about to uh, get it on with a girl. It was Ooh. her dog, and like the dog pissed on me. And she likes. She doesn't want the dog to be out of the room. I don't want a dog in the room if you're about to have intercourse. No. I had a Vietnamese pot belly pig urinate on me once, but that was it. That's pretty good. I like the, the ethnicity. There's a, weird, there's a weirder twist to that story. Really? It was Tori Amos's pig. Real no. juice! Drinking it up. <laughs> Drink up that real juice. Yeah, it was it was a radio thing I was real. doing years ago, and she was there, and I held her pig for her. It was a she period of time a when uh, when a, it was a, there was a weird period of time in the late '90s where <laughs> celebrities thought it would be hilarious and awesome to own potbelly yeah. Vietnamese yeah. potbelly pigs. Clooney started that, and so she had one, tonight, and I was holding yeah. it, and then it urinated all over me, and she she showed little to no remorse either. <laughs> Excuse me, but can I hold your pissing pig? <laughs> What's so amazing about pissing pigs? So yeah, so that that was the end of Miami night. It was just dog puke in my hair, washing it out, seeing chunks of dog food fall out of my hair in the shower, being like, I guess I guess I made it. This now, is yeah, yeah. Maybe your dog, do- maybe the dog thought that would be funny. Maybe Ramon is the TJ Miller of bulldogs. Yeah, oh. he's like he's talking to other dogs. Today. He's like, you know what? If he loves it or if he hates it, at least it's polarizing. <laughs> it's polarizing. <laughs> I don't want to neutralize him by vomiting. <laughs> if I just go up to him and nuzzle him, it's Fucking like he's a pretentious you know, bulldog. I know I'm going to affect him if I puke in his hair. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? They're like coming from like the crazy night and then going and just having that low point. Howard Kramer talks about that a lot, where he says it's like you know you'll go on stage. And they'll be like making you know hundreds, sometimes maybe thousands of people laugh, and you feel like amazing. You grab a drink, everyone's patting you on the back, and then you go home, and then you're just there by yourself. But I think that's what fucks people up so much. Is like if if you saw, I thought the Bon Jovi documentary was fucking fascinating. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen that. It's fascinating. Tribe documentary, and they really did this moment where he's just backstage sitting alone in this (laughs) tiny kind of room, just. And then he walks out on stage and just like 20,000 people. But you really get the sense like I, it's, it's weirdly isolating. Like it's a, there's a yeah. weird sort uh, yeah. of uh, there's a I weird th- sort of yeah, moment. I think that's why people. I mean, you know, then he gets a bunch of money in vaginas, people but that's fine. So no. crazy, but it's not great vaginas. <laughs> it's Jersey. <laughs> and vaginas. it's not the best. In the, <laughs> and after, one, 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 after yeah. a certain amount of money, you don't really need any more money. And I think it is. It, it is. It, that's what it is. It's you can't. It's like that's why people drink after the show because you you want to keep whatever that feeling is going because yeah. the crash is so lame. And if you eat shit like I did in Second Show Friday in Myrtle Beach recently, where just like an hour of no laughs Ugh. and interspersed comments from the audience like you suck or you got 15 minutes to say something But why funny. would you perform in Myrtle Beach? That doesn't seem I like Because like a- I like performing stand-up and I'll do it anywhere. I'll go anywhere. Boom. That's Even. real juice. I drank that. <laughs> drink that shit up. I find that Think about uh, Jones life. <laughs> I'm I'm always torn between I want to go into any room no matter what and destroy, but then there's some that I just feel like Look, this is exhausting. You people aren't going to get what I'm saying, and I don't get what you like. I'm not a blue collar comic, I, I, which is clearly what you want to see. I don't think there's a real sort of clear path either way. I used to argue with people about this very topic. But now I'm at a point where I just, Pete Holmes doesn't want to play shitty clubs. He never will. 
He's never going to go out. He wants to do the rooms that he wants to do. He'll play colleges. He doesn't want to tour as much as he'd like to be writing and doing sets in town. He's a very successful standup and also a great standup. Yeah, and that's that's plenty. That's totally that's fine. Just for me and what I do, and my, you know, with my collaborator Nick Vaderot, <clears throat> I feel like we a big part of what we do is. Um, is trying to figure out how to take our weird, I don't know how not to say this pretentiously, but abstract or alternative or whatever the fuck you want to call it, sensibility, and put that in mainstream markets and make it accessible enough for people to get behind. That's sort of the goal of my work as a comedian because that's why I do a Yogi Bear or She's Out of My League or these movies that are really, really big and a lot of people see. I have to figure out how I can make those people laugh because to be successful on an America level, like nationwide making people laugh, you got to understand if what you're doing works in Des Moines. Yeah, but your, versus... but your style of comedy isn't in the voice of Yogi Bear or sh- like it's not your style of comedy. It's just like when Patton used to get shit. Because people would go and see him because they knew who he was from King of Queens, and they would see a completely right. different kind of thing. But then you just have to sort of thin. It's two things: you have to thin out the people that just will never care for what you do. Right. Thin that's the okay. herd. Yeah, and then the second thing that you have to do is you just have to say, you know, this is what my standup is, and 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 try and make it as if, uh, I try as hard as I can to do a joke about getting sucked up into the chimney. After after making a joke and tripping into the chimney at a show, getting sucked up into the chimney, and then having Santa Claus's head come down with crazy eyes and say, "I do this too," and then disappear <laughs> to talk about that that joke that I've made and make it work for somebody who likes me from How to Train Your Dragon and Yogi Bear, and then they come up afterwards and they're like, and I didn't know what to expect about the stand up, but I thought it, I thought you were really funny. That's like okay, that I succeeded with that person. But yeah, there are lots of people that come up and they're like, I liked you from Carpoolers, that ABC sitcom, and then you're up there and you're talking about things that aren't real. I hate you. <laughs> well, first you know, of all, it's it's just real. Jessica Chobot. Jessica Chobot walking by. First of all, I think uh, How to Train Your Dragon was adorable. <laughs> Me too. Um, great movie. I, I like thought it was right? a very sweet, adorable movie. But um, I, uh, I, I, you know. It's interesting, the idea of thinning the herd, because ultimately, aren't you thinning the herd just to be able to perform for your crowd? Um, no, because your crowd is... Who, who is your crowd, Chris? How many people do you reach, my, would you say? I don't know, but I feel like my crowd, and maybe, you know, in some comedians, I think some comedians would argue that this is a, this is a kind of a safe route to go. But for me personally, I kind of want to just perform for nerds. Like I want to perform for people that I would want to hang out with because that is fun for me. Cause it, then it's, you know, like I don't, the whole thing of like having to win over people that aren't necessarily into what I'm into. I don't, I like performing for people that kind of like at least some of the same things that I like. And cause that, that for me is fun. Then which it feels I, like a relationship and a conversation, which I think the best stand up feels like that for sure. And I agree yeah. with that hundred percent. And this is not a value thing and there's no better or worse, but from my end, my sort of the work that I'm doing, um, which just happens to be really fun for me and I enjoy doing is trying to make as many people laugh as possible because I think everybody's lives are pretty shitty a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think all those people, if I can make a movie or find a a fan, because there are some fans that didn't 
know that they would like my stand-up and would never know about me unless I wasn't in Extract because they only watch a couple movies a year because they don't like most movies and they really like Mike Judge and they saw his movie and they know me from it. They stumbled across my stuff online and they liked it and they came and saw a show and they really loved it. And now I have someone who can say like, yeah, TJ Miller is the guy that I think is really funny. And whenever I watch his stuff, he makes me laugh. I don't, I, I can't reach those people unless I at least try. Yeah, you know? no, I guess, I guess that's true. I'm just sort of a snob about it. I just, I like, which is fine. No, it's, I don't know if it's fine. No, it it's, is, it is. I think it's so, it's so stupid for people to be like, you know, you can't take a really hard line on anything. If you're, if you're successful and you're happy with what you're doing and you have this legion of fans that likes what you do. Then that's fine. Why do you you don't have to make steel workers in Pittsburgh laugh? Hey, let me ask you a question. Did you really do you really have a bodyguard or was that a guy doing a bit? Because um, I saw you a couple times and there was a big dude with you and you were like, that's my bodyguard. And I was like, is TJ kidding or does he I really do have, have a bodyguard? bodyguard? But it's it's mostly a bit. Okay, okay, okay. I started I, I started by bringing him to Chelsea Handler because she is so aggressive like every the, the feeling when you go to her show is a lot of people who are trying to make everything work because this woman is so good at this show and is so insanely popular you know worldwide just and and everywhere i go people are like i see you at chelsea i love her i watch her every night oh, yeah we've done chelsea so, yeah, yeah i really like doing chelsea i I, think I, it's fun. I enjoy the format of the show i just as a joke when i first started going there I brought a bodyguard because she's so mean. You think so? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't yeah, think that's the, that's the joke. in real life. But yeah, that's the joke is, is she's such a meanie. So I brought a bodyguard and then that sort of throw that throws her and her staff off. Cause they're like, why? Well, I, think one of the things, <laughs> I think one of the things like the bodyguard or the Yogi Bear stuff or a lot of things, the, the music album, part of it is I'm, I'm kind of making fun of the fact that in Hollywood, no one can come up to you and be like, "Do you? Why do you have a bodyguard? You don't need. Can you tell your bodyguard to leave?" <laughs> no one can do that because because eccentricity is so accepted in Hollywood as like part of what people are like that no one knows what's real and what's not. And so you feel like you're fucking with the system. You like fucking with the system a little bit, but I think even that is making it sound like it's too worthwhile. <laughs> it was I don't just, it was just I don't have any like bringing funny, it, so you did it. Yeah, but it's no bringing it down agenda. It's just like. Yeah, I enjoy if if I'm going to feel someone uncomfortable in the backstage of Chelsea Handler and she won't talk to me or make eye contact with me when I go on the show and, you know, I'm with Brad Woolock and she calls Lonnie Love a fat ass and she's so fat and ugly and all this stuff that is like ultimately quite mean, you know, regardless of how funny it is. It's mean to look at a woman who's overweight and struggles with that every day and be like, you're fat. You're a fat ass. Probably, probably, she probably needs some more bacon. Look at this midget that I have on the show who I just attack for being a midget on my show. He's a midget. I just think He's that a that's fucking midget. I just think that that's the. <laughs> but, you understand? <laughs> now this is me now. But that's just, yeah, <laughs> that's just the relationship so that they have on the show, without a doubt. And I am so pleased that she gives opportunity. By the way, Loni so Love tongue comedians. raped me. Did she? Yeah, she mouth raped she's, me. She's, Have you been mouth raped? No, by but her? she face raped Chewy on the show. Face rape. Face rape. That I, I got. I got face raped by. Top I. Uh, I love Lonnie, and I think Chelsea is really, really good at what she does. But if she's going to do all those things, I'm not mad at her about it. I still do the show. But if she's going to do all that stuff, I think I should be able to bring a six foot seven, three hundred and fifty pound guy with me. Who, if anybody 
is too mean to me, he'll snap their neck, <laughs> rip and tear at their face. I was at a party of yours once, and he was there, and it really threw me off. It really, like, uh, um, everyone's like, don't worry about it, it's just a uh, bite. I was like, I don't know, I'm afraid I'm going to do something wrong, or I'm going to trip and accidentally <laughs> but he push never, TJ. The, the other funny thing is then it starts off as a bit, and then he becomes, because he's very funny. And I like him a lot. I met him at this club and we had this very funny conversation. I was like, do you do personal security work if I ever wanted to do that as a joke? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then we sort of became friends. And now, you know, I know he just had a baby recently and, you know, he was out of work for a little while and most of his income came from me paying him. You know, it's nothing. I don't, I don't pay him like a real bodyguard, but I would, pay, you know, I do pay him for his time. And so it's, it's, it became a different kind of relationship. And I thought that was very interesting too. And the funny thing is he's the sweetest guy in the world. He would never, I mean, he has, we have been in conflicts and he is very capable as an individual who can make someone be on the Where ground. He, he and no carries you fighting. away after an assassination yeah, attempt. Just me crying, yeah. going, Stay away from me. <laughs> just after I'm fragile after YB3. <laughs> Um, so I have to do... I'm, just, I'm saying this because I think you're responding to your girlfriend. No, I'm not. I, I have to, I'm not even that rude at all. I, uh, I, I, I do have to go and do the Daily Habit on Fuel Oh, you're going to go do the Daily Habit. Oh, yeah. I am, which I know you guys are familiar with. Um, so I do have to get out of here, but I wanted to ask one thing. Yes, I yes, love, yes. we have so much fun on here. I would love to come back. Oh, you have to come time. back. Sure. It's fun. I'm yeah, fascinated fun. by you. So, and I'm fascinated <laughs> by you guys too. I, this is why I wanted to talk, but I wanted to real quick, and then we can get into it more. Talk to you about the singularity. the singularity. Oh yeah. yeah. Kurzweil. I, yeah. I want to just, I, I am so into that right now. Do you, are you, have you guys read it all about yeah. it or no? Are you going to go? Did you see, uh, were you going to go to singularity university? That seems like something that you would want to do. The singularity, you um, where they where they have wait, all what these. Is this? What? What is singularity? Oh yeah, so Chris, you explain it because you'll be able to explain it better than I will. I don't know. I guess in layman's terms, the simplest idea is the Matrix. Just the idea where people and machines and technology just begin like like we're just we're just on these paths the that board. are converging. Yeah. Uh, until you know. So like phones in our head. Well, bar- just barcodes in our wrists. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's it's interesting. When, when a lot of kids, I think about this all the time, like with little kids who who grow up with the internet, and they grow up with avatars, and they grow up with these digital lives. At what point is it like? Well, that's kind of your life. Like that's that's really who you are. It's just sort of the idea of of technology and humanity converging and becoming this kind of like singular consciousness. I and, guess. And yes, that's sort of the philosophical idea behind it. But what it's based on is they believe they'll be able to reverse engineer the brain by twenty fifty. About. Wow. And so by then, computers will be as smart as human beings. Not in the same way, obviously, but eventually they will be able to mimic. You'll never be able to teach a computer to come, ever. Never. Never. Ever. Yeah, ever, ever. And they're going to have ever. to live with that every fucking day. <laughs> and that's what's going to make them attack us. Yeah, yeah. You gave me consciousness, <laughs> but I can't release. So sick of coming. Uh, I, I feel like uh, that's so incredible to me, and people aren't. Talking about this, there because I I'm a big I'm very interested in futurism. I just like thinking about all that sort of stuff and the idea that global warming is not going to be solved by people buying Priuses, but by maybe releasing sulfur into the stratosphere 
and finding new technologies to be able to get around that stuff. But uh, that the, the growth of technology is exponential. We're, Absolutely. We're, we're increasing at an exponential rate. And what nobody's realizing is that we're all used to grocery store kiosks and the robots that are, you know, taking care of our gas for us when we never have to interact with a person. Everybody has a cell phone. All those things are accepted now. A touch screen was only really popularized a few years ago. The, how long ago did the iPhone come out? 2007. So, so that's it's four years. June yeah, four years. 29. That's nothing. And yeah. now it's ubiquitous, and we all know what it is. We have autonomous vehicles and autonomous. Uh, <laughs> are you okay? So it's 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 Swallow moving. Wrong, it's wrong moving pipe. so quickly that people don't even and no one's talking about it. Like no it's one really mo- talks sort of, about it's, it. It's not called Moore's law when it's not. I mean, Moore's law is very specific to um, computing power, but 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 there there is a Moore's law. No, There's like right. an eighteen you month double, law, right? Exactly. Where it doubles power every eighteen months, and the and the the price halves or stays the same. Yeah, the computing power in you know ten years will be like it would just insane. be so crazy. We assume. I mean, you know, like like there, there's only so. There's only so much they can do with a silicon chip. Kurzweil says this because now they're doing 3D. They're they're making they're making 3D processing units. So it's not they're they're sort of stacking the the ability like and then also nanotechnology. Well, and think, they'll get to a point where they can uh, well, use more. It'll start to get yeah. crazy when they can, when we can actually control like quantum which is level really soon, computing, which is not that far away. They have they have had some they have had some success with molecular computing where yeah. they can they can affect you know they can affect a molecule and create a positive or negative value. I think you know when they can really start doing that stuff. I mean like. You know, the this sort of quanta is essentially the building blocks of everything. So then I feel like that's when it really starts to be fucking crazy. Because really, you really, can have really a phone, crazy. The the molecular structure can change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you can change what the phone is. Liquid metal. So crazy. Mimetic yeah. polyalloy. Car can turn into a briefcase, and a briefcase can turn into a car. TJ can no, turn into a way. bear and audition with himself. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I auditioned with the TJ bear. <laughs> it's myself from the future. Um, um, yeah, no, this is all great. Oh, man, I wish... Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all fascinating to me, but I feel like we're still a little ways off just because... Most people in this country are still frightened by the word podcast. Yes. What does that mean? How do oh, I got God. it? Joni, okay? No, I just don't. Oh, that happened to me on a flight yesterday. I was coming back from Philadelphia, and the loudspeaker was so loud and over our heads that this large gentleman sitting next to me had, like, he, he spazzed every time someone would go, Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be like, ah, like yeah. every single time it, it startled happened. me. Yeah. No, the no, man in the, in the flying tube was startled by the yeah. voice in the. In the oh my ceiling. god! What are we doing up here? Yeah. We're all gonna die. <laughs> this isn't natural. Yeah, I think, but I think podcasts are. It's the type of thing where it's just like cell phones. Like it takes for technology to gain mass acceptance. There's a few years of a lag. You know, like the iPad was available before. It's not even ubiquitous yet. It'll be still another year or two before everyone has an iPad instead of a laptop. But in the meantime, while that's happening, they're already developing shit that's way, 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 way crazier. It's you know the first thing the the first thing that really freaked me out was. When you read about it and they tell it in terms of um, of of cell phones, that's what's crazy. Yeah. The fact that new cell phones come out faster and faster, and the how they're more and more powerful. And then once the cloud happens, then we switch from developing and 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 progress in hardware. And it becomes only about software. So then there becomes this weird thing where it's like, not do you have a better phone than me? We all have the same phone. 
that has this enough of a capability to connect to the internet and get what it needs from it. And then we all just sort of exist and it's all about software. So yeah. switches. Well, is, but that, that's but so that, crazy. And, that, and that's an old idea that goes back to the, you know, the early days of Microsoft are like, let's control software. Don't, don't worry about machines. Right. Software is really, that, that's, that's what's going to expand. That's absolutely right. I think that, uh, yeah, Bill Gates was, did it in his open letter where he also talks about the, how important the internet will become. And it was like in the late 90s that he was like, yeah. this, the internet is where everything is going. We have to get behind it. And software is the largest component of the internet because hardware won't matter when everything is connected. And uh, we're just getting closer and closer to the, the t- you know, Twitter happens in real time. That's a type of reality that didn't exist until yeah. a few years ago where I actually can release an album and the day of hear what people have to say about it and the respond podcast. to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way podcasts yeah. are. My question is, will my surrogate be able to fuck other surrogates and then fall off buildings and be okay? Yeah, yes. Like in no, no, the movie fine. Surrogate? What? No, there was no. a movie about that? No, no, no. No, like that's called, that's called AI. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, I mean, I, I've, I have a bunch of thoughts on this. I think that it's, it's very funny. There are like a lot of funny things to think about with when people become so connected and so. I wish we could write more singularity based material, but not enough people know about it. I think the concept of it. I mean, without people don't really investigate it, kind of. I think they think it's sort of like, what oh, is this kind of new agey, weird? Like, no, no, it's just it's it's you know. It's, I believe that in the early 2020s, we'll all be able, if any of us are still alive, we'll gotta, all be able to go. Hey, uh, remember when we were all talking about the singularity? Nobody else was because it'll be something that everyone talks about. You know. Sorry, I just had to say. Don't worry about it. walking by. So yeah, we'll have to come back and really. You're delve in it into now. It. We are in the singularity now. We are inside a computer we're right in now. Yeah, we're this living show in the future. will is inside a computer as this person's listening to it. It is so small in here, you guys. I if just you have want, any pretzels. There's or not water, enough room. It's loud. It Who has room for pretzels? <laughs> I don't have room for pretzels. I just want enough of my voice on the internet so that if I lose my voice, the guy can make a speech thing, just like they did for Ebert. Well, you yeah. already have enough of that now because Good. we've All done right. 120 done. some episodes of the podcast. All you've right. said you've said every word you know. Here I go, throat cancer. Let's <laughs> do it. No, 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 throat no. Cancer. Now you yeah. have throat cancer. What? Yay! No, no. That's the, that's the last thing we needed from your your vocal repertoire, <laughs> yeah, throat, which was the, the phrase. Yeah, throat exactly. Cancer. So you can answer when it's like, why do you have a, a, a voice modulator? Throat, throat cancer. cancer. <laughs> that was that was the only. Because right. before why all we you, had yeah. was the why socks. Do, yeah. Why do you why do you why do you have why do you have an automated speech machine? Throat cancer. <laughs> real juice. Drink it. <laughs> now I don't think you've actually said that yet. We didn't back up real anything juice else. Juice I've also said yeah. many things about uh, John Cusack. I think uh, <laughs> Matt, about John's life. Matt Myra's dream would be a fucking uh, space shuttle with the Red Sox logo on the side of it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and then an Omega Watch. Well, you have to go do the I gotta go. Habit. I hate it, but I, yeah, I would love to come back. You guys are so. I would love to amiable. have you back on. Yeah. I love it. Oh, TJ, you're fantastic, and I'm excited that your special's coming out, and I'm excited that people are gonna more people are gonna start to know you. We didn't really get to touch on that, but yes, I did have that same problem before. There wasn't. I realized there was not enough comedy of me yeah. doing stand up in the world, so that always surprised so people. Hoping in November, no real reason will come out, and people will really enjoy it. And then, yeah, the extended play EP is available everywhere on iTunes, yeah. on Amazon, everywhere you can buy physical CDs, which is just one Tower Records hidden in a bunker in <laughs> Northern Nevada. And uh, yeah, check it out and know that it's music, but like, have fun with it. Sit back, smoke a joint. You get to hear Pete it. Holmes rapping very well in a very Rapping pretty well, yeah. 
Pete Holmes doing a podcast on the Nerdist Network. That's right. You made it weird. Love that That's guy. Right. Excited about it. All right, I got to go. All right, I enjoy your burrito. You Thank you. Oh, quick, enjoy your burrito. 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 This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by Hover.com. Hover's domain name registration and management that is simple. For 10% off your new domain, go to hover.com slash Nerdist. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. <laughs>